public sector leaders today have to constantly make decisions at speeds their missions demand. Any errors can be costly. While this may seem daunting, innovators are leveraging data to overcome their challenges. Splunk's Data to Everything D2E platform drives fast, confident decisions and decisive actions through powerful, real-time insights to ensure mission success. Turn data into doing with Splunk. Learn how at splunk.com slash public sector. Welcome to the discussion, Ensuring Cloud Migration and Modernization Success, sponsored by Splunk. Here's today's moderator, Tom Temin. Welcome and thanks for joining us. You might notice we're on a somewhat different format than usual for our Federal News Network webinars forced on us, but I think uh, it's going to work out well by the situation that the whole nation is facing with everyone teleworking. So my guests today are Andy Hershey. He's Global Area Vice President for Cloud Sales and Go-to-Market Transformation at Splunk and Juliana Vita, the Chief Technical Advisor for Public Sector at Splunk. And let's just spend a moment getting to know each of you and uh, just tell us a little bit about what your work actually involves with federal agencies. Juliana? Thanks, Tom. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Uh, my role at Splunk in the Chief Technical Advisor role is to engage with our executive level customers, but the public also, to talk about the business and mission impacts of technology, not necessarily the the nuts and bolts of the technology, but how it can really transform organizations. And I come from a military career as a retired Naval officer and a prior federal civil servant in the Department of Defense. And I bring that experience to the game. Excellent, Andy. Yes, good morning. Uh, my role at Splunk is I oversee our Splunk cloud service and the revenue for that and all the go-to-market um, aspects of that as well. I've been with Splunk for the past nine years, and prior to that, my career has been in various sales and sales leadership of roles throughout the software industry. All right, well, it's good to have you both, and let's get right into it. With respect to cloud, first of all, agencies often say, well, we have a hybrid cloud strategy. What is the reality? First of all, and ask, we'll also ask you to define it, but what is the reality of how far they have actually gone to cloud and should they be pushing further toward the hybrid cloud model? Andy? It's a great question. And I think before we even get into that, which I know a lot of our discussion today will be about exactly that point. I think when I hear the word cloud oftentimes, I think it's really good to define it because it's like the word, the phrase big data. It's often a buzzword that means different things to different people. And really, you know, the cloud journey or digital transformation, these are terms used where cloud's really a key part of it. And really they're about, you know, as much about just really quickly innovating and adapting to achieve the mission needs as, as much as about the cost and technology. And when people oftentimes bring up, bring up cloud, they talk about the different technical aspects or the cost and so forth. Um, I would just, anyone that's listening, I would suggest when you hear cloud, just ask a few questions to level set early in the conversation. You know, the biggest thing about cloud is, you know, what are people looking to achieve? What outcomes are people looking to achieve by using cloud? You know, again, cloud is an enabler for mission outcomes or, you know, innovating faster, faster time to market, security, agility, flexibility. So just understand what's the outcome being achieved um, to avoid having a science project digging into cloud a lot of detail. The other thing is, Tom, to your point, um, in addition to outcomes, there's a lot of different terms and so forth. You mentioned hybrid, um, but, you know, just the term itself, cloud, you know, what is cloud? Oftentimes people say, really, what is cloud? You know, simple way of describing it, it's, it's the server, software, tools that are um, available over accessed and available over the internet. You know, another word is public cloud or infrastructure as a service, IaaS. And that's like your servers, like if you outsource your data center, but your servers, they're in the cloud. So AWS, 
S3 storage is a perfect example of that. I think it's, again, a fancy way of outsourcing your data center, you know, SaaS, software as a service. It's access, accessing software through the internet, like Salesforce, Workday, ServiceNow, Slack, Aviso, Exactly, NetSuite, Zoom. Um, we use a lot of these at work today. And even in our personal lives, you could think of Quicken and Netflix and Yelp as being other examples. And the final buzzword or term I would use is platform as a service, PaaS. And I think this one is a little tricky when it comes up because it, it's, it, it involves providing the infrastructure, but plus the tools to build and manage an application. So unlike SaaS, where you get the application ready to use, available right away, the application that will be used by the end users, it doesn't exist until you build it yourself. Yeah, and to, to touch on more of what Andy talked about, he mentioned many of the benefits, you know, that a, that a hybrid cloud or a, hybrid, a cloud environment could, could bring. There's so many, it's kind of hard to list them or prioritize them. Um, but you really can't question the return on investment when you look at all the benefits that can be gained from an agency. And I'd like to kind of put this in context of what we're all experiencing right now today. And that's this, this pandemic that's forced so many people to work from home. And um, you know, I was a federal civil servant, like I mentioned, back when we had Snowmageddon in 2010 and some government shutdowns and was sent home to work. But that was disruptive and it's disruptive now. And it's not just disruptive to the work, it's demoralizing to the workforce who don't have the tools to stay productive while they're out of the office. Because that work isn't going away they're still gonna face it you know, when they get back to the office. And we didn't have a hybrid cloud environment then and a lot of agencies don't have it now that can really ease the pain on the workforce. Um, the legacy and on-prem applications require that employees be at their work machine to get their work done and access what they need. The updates take time because they're provisioned through a data center. But on the other hand, a cloud environment is where that rapid development of applications happens. It's seamless, it's fast, and it could be easier for employees to access and use them from home. Um, think about Netflix as an example. Andy mentioned that as, as one. A lot of people have this at home and we don't know this as a user or consumer, but adjustments and updates are being done in the background by the developers. We, we just know that our user experience is enhanced and it's getting better. And think about how that would be and how, what a change that would be for the government workforce if that were happening all the time, whether they're at work or at home working remotely. Yes, I guess in the current situation, you could fairly say that the, at this point in history, you know, this well into the 21st century, that there should be much more adoption of cloud simply for a continuity of operations uh, standpoint, a tool they didn't have 20 years ago in 9-11, say, when there was not nearly as much interruption in reality as there is now, which is affecting every state, city, region, county. I think that's a great point. And I think, think about cloud tools like, you know, Google Drive and Box and Dropbox. You know, these are really the keys to the future of works, work in time like this. You know, previously thinking about it, you take a spreadsheet, send it to your coworkers, people collaborate, you try to maintain version control, update them based on feedback. But you know, today using Google Drive and these other tools, we can just all look at something together real time and or take turns modifying one document and really collaborate remotely very effectively. And I think, just as importantly, Zoom and video conference tools, they just enable remote workers to have that level of collaboration and communication from home. And whether it's a one-to-one -one phone call or just anything, really workers can be much more productive from home than they could be back in the days of 9-11 or even a couple years ago. 
Let's talk about some of the recent policies getting away from the bad situation right now, but there is a cloud smart strategy that came out, I guess, about a year ago. And then we also have the IT modernization report that came out. These don't seem to have quite been the burr in the saddle that agencies might have needed or should have heeded uh, to move to that cloud migration to a greater degree. What do you sense are the reasons for slow adoption at this point? Yeah, you make some really great points. And, and I would say that those are great policies and guidance documents, but they often, you know, they're, they're like other guidance documents. They don't often come with funding, let's be frank, and they don't have a lot of detail. So other things get in the way. Um, things like hiring and retention challenges, culture, workforce transformation challenges, procurement processes, the acquisition process. Um, but I think really here with cloud and embracing the cloud, one of the biggest barriers for agencies to overcome is not technical at all. Um, it's honestly that agencies and, and government workers can't see the mission value that moving to a cloud environment would bring them. So when they can't see that, it falls off the plate in lieu of other agency priorities. Um, and often it's just because workers are heads down, they're executing on their mission and they aren't aware of all the benefits that other agencies are getting from cloud. And so I, I wanna just touch on two agency examples that we've seen that should kind of give, give people ideas about what they might do in their agency with cloud. And one of them comes from the VA, you know, Veterans Affairs. And their mission is to care for servicemen and women and their families. And they wanted to consolidate and replace many of the disparate legacy systems that made it really hard, cumbersome, for veterans to access their benefits. Just to refill a prescription or track their GI Bill benefits, for example, the user experience was just, it wasn't good. It was, it was difficult. And the VA wanted their customers to have a better experience, similar to other things that they use in their personal lives. So moving to a public cloud allowed them, excuse me, to address the complexity and diversity of systems that was negatively affecting their mission to deliver services to veterans. And the cloud provided that for them. With All right, I want to uh, interrupt you right there before we get to mm -hmm. that second example, because we do need to take a short break. My mm -hmm. today are Juliana Vita, she's Chief Technical Advisor for the Public Sector at Splunk, and Andy Hershey, who's the Global Area Vice President for Cloud Sales and Go-to-Market Transformation at Splunk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. This discussion is Ensuring Cloud Migration and Modernization Success, sponsored by Splunk here on Federal News Network. Public sector leaders today have to constantly make decisions at speeds their missions demand. Any errors can be costly. While this may seem daunting, innovators are leveraging data to overcome their challenges. Splunk's Data to Everything D2E platform drives fast, confident decisions and decisive actions through powerful real-time insights to ensure mission success. Turn data into doing with Splunk. Learn how at splunk.com slash public sector. Welcome back to our discussion, Ensuring Cloud Migration and Modernization Success, sponsored by Splunk here on Federal News Network. My guests today are Andy Hershey, Global Area Vice President for Cloud Sales and Go-to-Market Transformation at Splunk, and Juliana Vita, the Chief Technical Advisor for Public Sector at Splunk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. And just before the break, Juliana, you had a couple of great examples. The first one was VA for how cloud can really help things. What's your second example? Yeah, thanks. I'd like to mention HHS, Health and Human Services, specifically the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. 
and their mission is to strengthen and modernize the nation's healthcare system. Uh, they wanted to analyze data collected from, of course, all 50 states on 74 million Medicaid members, recipients, to understand some national trends. Things like how many kids are getting vaccinated and what are the highest cost drugs, for example. And California alone would have jammed up their data center. So transitioning to cloud resulted in just a faster time to value for Medicaid recipients. And security, think of the PHI and the PII information data that they process and the scale to analyze this huge volume of data. This would have been much more expensive, slower and harder to scale in their own data center. You know, and, and Tom, I just want to emphasize my original point about outcomes, because that's what Juliana is focusing on here. And I think that, again, is so critical and super important. And another example, just to toss in, is a local one, Smithsonian Institution's data science lab. Um, you know, obviously, we're all familiar with the Smithsonian, but at the same time, they leverage data, big data, and a lot of data research. Um, the researchers, they use these big data techniques that are very compute intensive, like deep machine learning. And they generate insights from the data to ask and answer questions that are you know, very scientific in nature. Things just about the, uh, the genome annotation process. And again, to get the, the compute and the data center capacity to go set them up to do, answer those questions and do the analytics could take a lot of time, be difficult, be costly. The outcome they're looking for is to be able to do that, you know, reduce the total cost of ownership and be able to do that quickly and get results as they need them. So after they modernized to cloud, they would spin up and down cloud instances to do this genomic research. And again, not only is it cost less, it's much more flexible and scalable and secure and easy to spin up and spin down as they need it. So Tom, to your initial question, yes, there are barriers to adoption, but there are also you know, now more than ever, just more examples of agencies that are not allowing these challenges to prevent them from delivering on the, their missions at the speed, scale, and with the security that their stakeholders expect. All right, I guess the more good stories we have, though, the easier it'll be for the people that come after this. And let's talk about the cybersecurity aspects of cloud, because cloud migration has been accompanied by a major effort, the FedRAMP effort on ensuring cybersecurity and, and reproducibility of it. And then the whole, big premise behind the federal IT modernization drive is better cybersecurity. So how can cloud enhance it? And what are some of the pitfalls to avoid to make sure that cloud adoption doesn't make your cybersecurity worse by increasing your attack surfaces? Yeah, the security question. I'd say that the short answer to this is, is FedRAMP, is the FedRAMP program. And here's why I say that. Um, I mentioned I had been a, a civil servant and I worked in the Pentagon and, and just seven or eight years ago there, I remember meetings with senior DOD and uniformed service CIOs. And if a vendor came in talking about any kind of commercial cloud solution, it was pretty much pitchforks and torches in the room saying, you know, we're, we're never going to do that. And the pushback was almost always about security. How will they keep the data secure? How will they make sure that it's not compromised? And it was a trust issue. There was very little trust from the government that industry was solving for the security and risk piece. Um, and they're valid concerns. They were then and they are now. And the main reason that the FedRAMP program stood up. And it exists to, to make sure that there's compliance to a set of rigorous standards. And these accelerate modernization by removing or at least mitigating a lot of the security risk concerns that agencies have on their data. Um, but the program is very robust. It's very thorough. 
And achieving the FedRAMP authorization is no small matter for vendors. It's a heavy lift for us to invest the time and the resources to go through the process. It's worth it. It shows the true commitment of those vendors who have to embed security controls and protocols into our products to be consumed by the government. And, um, you know, we're proud. Splunk Cloud got our FedRAMP moderate authorization last year. It's great. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the truth of the matter is, you know, whether for our private or public sector customers, security continues to be one of the most important priorities in every cloud discussion. You know, especially you hear catchphrases being thrown about around like cloud is just another name for someone else's servers. So that just creates a natural skepticism about how secure your data can be in a different environment like the cloud where you don't really own it or control it or easily have access to it per se. And I think that's what I've seen is that uh, customers, what they've realized is there's been a really incredible maturity in cloud technology to manage the expanded attack surface. And they've begun to trust their data will be secure in the cloud. You know, oftentimes they feel like it's more secure in the cloud than in their own data centers. And to Juliana's point, the real value of FedRAMP is it, it helps make it easy for government agencies to consume cloud services. It accelerates their time to value you know, for automation, acceleration, and simplicity. All the benefits we talked about earlier are available faster for agencies who select FedRAMP authorized cloud services. Again, frees up headcount, focuses more on mission critical stuff, core competencies. It's a very thorough and serious investment that vendors make to achieve FedRAMP, and it's really the gold standard for government cloud security. And what about the issue of the user that needs to access applications that might be hosted in the cloud? Because it's one thing to protect your data as a data store, but then you have these authentication, identification issues with the multiple locations where applications and data might be and preventing users. And also if the public is accessing digital services that call on those cloud data sources, you've got that external inbound kind of security issue and what are some good strategies for dealing with that? So I think there's one key thing, Tom, and I, I think that's a great question because maybe I take a step back and I think, you know, in an organization, there's different teams doing different things with, with the cloud and services and all that, and it gets very complex very quickly. And, you know, the journey, we talk about this cloud journey or digital transformation, you know, a great analogy is if you have a home today and you want some more space, you have a couple options. You may start off by just buying a new home that wasn't designed for you, but you move into it and like it. And then maybe you renovate it to make it a little more flexible to meet your needs and so forth. But then maybe ultimately you say, you know what? I want to build my new my own new home from scratch and design it to meet our family's needs very specifically. And it's just brand new built for you from scratch. I think that the, those phases of you know, looking at homes and evolving to new types of homes are very similar for what our organizations we're working with are, are going through. They start off with cloud, lifting and shifting, just running software in the cloud as opposed to their own data center, then evolving to modify their applications to work well in the cloud. And then over time, they may just create applications from scratch to be cloud friendly, design them from the clouds. Going back to your earlier part, you know, there might be a security team, an ops team, um, a business analytics team, and these orgs that are all doing different types of things in different phases of that journey. So that's where it gets really complex to your point, Tom. And I think my key point on this one is I would say you need a way to leverage all this data because cloud makes things simpler on one hand, but all different types of data types and sources and the SaaS applications and all that. How do you understand what's going on to ensure you're secure and it's accessible and leveraging a data platform to make sense of that data is really critical 
to, to, to leverage that data to your advantage to make the best decisions and make it easy for users to, to perfectly leverage the cloud. And just a real quick question. It sounds like that should be a third party platform that the user is control in control of, as opposed to say one of the services that the cloud providers offer. And there's, they don't necessarily match from cloud to cloud. I think leveraging a platform that can leverage a diverse set of data and help you piece it together to quickly make real time proactive decisions is absolutely critical. Yes. All right, on that note, we'll take a short break. My guests today are Andy Hershey, Global Area Vice President for Cloud Sales and Go-To-Market Transformation at Splunk. And Juliana Vita is Chief Technical Advisor for Public Sector at Splunk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. This discussion is Ensuring Cloud Migration and Modernization Success, sponsored by Splunk here on Federal News Network. Public sector leaders today have to constantly make decisions at speeds their missions demand. Any errors can be costly. While this may seem daunting, innovators are leveraging data to overcome their challenges. Splunk's Data to Everything D2E platform drives fast, confident decisions and decisive actions through powerful real-time insights to ensure mission success. Turn data into doing with Splunk. Learn how at splunk.com slash public sector. Welcome back to our discussion, Ensuring Cloud Migration and Modernization Success, sponsored by Splunk here on Federal News Network. My guests today are Andy Hershey. He's the Global Area Vice President for Cloud Sales and Go-To-Market Transformation at Splunk. And Juliana Vita, she is the Chief Technical Advisor for Public Sector at Splunk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. And let's talk about the idea of simplicity. We're always told that uh, cloud will make things simplified for federal agencies. I think the reality is that getting to cloud is kind of a difficult, somewhat complex affair. And can you comment on what it takes and, and how to address the complexity? Absolutely, and I think being a bit of a broken record, I would say first, I would suggest that any agency that is planning to modernize or migrate to the cloud, that again, they come up with the outcomes expected or the objectives of business goals or mission goals they're trying to achieve. And this is really your North Star, so to speak. You know, without it, it just becomes a science project or a technical endeavor that keeps going and not necessarily delivers the right results. And then the second part of my answer is exactly where the data, where your data comes in. And by leveraging data, you know, you, that you have through an analytics platform, you can understand, you know, where you stand and check progress as you go, making your migration initiative seamless. And, with the right platform, you don't have to worry about data ingestion, normalization, or standardization. It's done for you. And by ingesting and correlating data from a wide variety of sources, you now gain real-time situational awareness, the what, why, and how to drive confident decisions. Yeah, Andy, you, you mentioned it's, it's not necessarily simple. It's not, call it one big muscle movement. It's many, many movements. And th those happen before, during, and after the switchover to your new environment. And like you mentioned, that the end-to-end -end monitoring gives insights into performance, and it can help address those fears related to losing control that we talked about before, one of those fears. Um, so monitoring the usage of various components can, can give the IT teams the confidence to rationalize applications and migrate only what's necessary. This eliminates excess, it saves money, and it builds trust and confidence across the organization. And if I can just dig in a little bit to the before, during, and after pieces. Um, so before you have 
you have to look at your environment. You have to look at what you have. Measure a baseline, if you will, of the user experience and performance. And then you can define your post-migration levels where you want to be. Of course, you want that end state to meet or exceed the current levels. And remember that degradation in one performance area can be tolerated if it's balanced or offset in another. So that's before. During the migration, you need to closely monitor all those performance metrics that you set up front. And variation from the baseline is a very early indicator of trouble. Things aren't going so well. But you, you can identify those well before you get into production, fix them early, save time and resources and move on. Because you know what they say, bad news doesn't necessarily get better with age. So the earlier you do it, the more you can adjust and, and get to the end state faster. So there, you're to, there. You, go ahead, Tom. I was gonna say, just to zero in on that whole issue of the data and the monitoring, what are some of the sources that you find are key to managing the process in such a way that it's orderly and, and secure? I'll take that, yeah. I, I, think, I think that's a great question. And I think, honestly, you want all the data, right? You want all the data, you know, any data that's out there, you wanna capture it because the challenge is leveraging that data, it's all in all different shapes and sizes. How do you leverage that, that volume, that variety, the velocity of it coming at you? And again, going back to the point about the data platform, having that platform that can take in data that may be gobbledygook in so many different ways, but it can tell you how you make proactive business decisions, whether on analytics, operations, security, application development, and make the right decision. So that is why it's key. I think going back to everything Juliana and, and Tom, you touched on about the complexity. How do you leverage that data and what data? My short answer, guys, is all the darn data. All right, so that could be data from your network logs or from user activities and that kind of thing, data about operations and not necessarily just programmatic data. That's right, that data can answer multiple questions. It can look at, answer questions about security and operations and what end users are doing, what employees are doing, a wide range of things like that and help you make the proper decisions. There's good information out there that if you can leverage it all, you make the, much, the right decisions much more quickly and easily. All right, so we need advice for how to get started. I think agencies that want to move to that hybrid cloud environment and get all the benefits. Andy, tell us how you begin. Thanks, Tom. Two quick things. One is from a technical perspective, there's fast track programs available to really excite, accelerate the overall awareness and, and time to value. So don't reinvent the wheel. Take the time to research what other orgs inside and outside of the government have done. We talked about VA, HHS, Smithsonian, et cetera. You know, see, can cloud help you with similar initiatives? Get, you know, innovate faster, be more secure, scale better, then test drive it. Nothing is better than getting your data in an environment like that and seeing the value is really there. For example, we have a program at Splunk that's had a lot of success called the Autobahn. We enable customers to really evaluate our software with their own data or make it very easy. And then what we do is when they decide to move forward, we help them deploy that in production and it significantly reduces their time to market and time to value with the Lots to unpack. We thank you all for a great discussion. I want to thank today's guests. Juliana Vita is the Chief Technical Advisor for Public Sector at Splunk. You have also heard from Andy Hershey. He's the Global Area Vice President for Cloud Sales and Go-To Market Transformation at Splunk. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. You've been listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Splunk. Thank you for listening to the discussion, Ensuring Cloud Migration and Modernization Success, sponsored by Splunk on Federal News Network.
public sector leaders today have to constantly make decisions at speeds their missions demand. Any errors can be costly. While this may seem daunting, innovators are leveraging data to overcome their challenges. Splunk's Data to Everything D2E platform drives fast, confident decisions and decisive actions through powerful real-time insights to ensure mission success. Turn data into doing with Splunk. Learn how at splunk.com slash public sector.